like it. Ezekiel spoke about false prophets of peace. He says in Ezekiel chapter 13 verse 10 that, that these people, um, remember Ezekiel is written in the context of God's judgment, but these false prophets are going, peace, peace, peace. And God through Ezekiel says that they are, it, it's like they're taking plaster and, has anyone got cracks in their walls? Yeah. How do you fix a crack in the wall, John? You're a handyman. You leave it there. You leave it there. <laughs> okay. Where's, where's a proper handyman? <laughs> Glennis. Fill it with spec filler. You know what? Ezekiel says, peace, people who say peace, peace, peace are exactly like that. They go, ah, there's this gaping hole in my wall, so I'll just fill it with a bit of plaster. And Ezekiel says, yeah, and then the rain comes and the house washes away. A little gap, maybe. Huge gap, obvious. We just haven't fought for a week. Oh, cover it up. Isn't it pretty? Jeremiah says the same sort of thing. He says it's like you got a wound. Not a sore, not an ouchie. you got a wound and you dress it as if it isn't serious. These are the prophets who, who say, peace, peace, peace. Everything's happy. Everything's glad. But, but it's not. Peacemakers, those who work for peace, are honest about the state of their own lives uh, the, the state of their community and the state of their world. And one of the things which I read in, in a commentary which I really loved is that peacemakers, real peacemakers, are fighters. Peacemakers wage peace. That sounds weird, doesn't it? But peacemakers wage peace. They they do what needs to be done. They, they go at it. They're proactive. They don't just say, well, you know what, if I, if I, if I haven't fought for a week and I, maybe I just won't speak to them for another week and then after a year everything will be right. No, peacemakers go, there's something not right here. That person is angry with me. I need to sort it out. And they do it out of the, the kind of character that we've been looking at in the past few weeks. Out of humility, out of... Uh, an attitude of poverty of spirit saying, yeah, you know what, I've got faults. I've probably caused a lot of this. I'm just as much to blame. If I was in your position, I could have done the same thing. But God loves me and He's forgiven me. And, and look, God, this God wants better for us and He wants better for, for our world. And, and I want to work towards that. And sometimes being a peacemaker, working for peace, involves doing unpleasant things. There was an incident where, where Peter... Uh, came to visit a church. Uh, Paul was there. Uh, Peter had great fun with the Gentiles. They were eating all sorts of bacon and, you know, good food. I assume they ate bacon. I'm sure life wouldn't have been good without bacon. <laughs> and then somebody came along and said, well, Peter, life's not meant to be good. God says food laws, blah, blah, blah. Peter was the one who saw the vision from Jesus saying, you can eat whatever you want. And then Peter goes, oh, yes, no bacon for me. Who eats your bacon, Dennis? Love it. <laughs> and Paul, Paul was interested in peace. He could have said, you yeah, well, just you do that, you do that, and we're not fighting, and that's okay. No, Paul says, no, that's not peace. 
peace is things being as God intends for them to be. And we're meant to be one. And he calls Peter out. Sometimes those who work for peace have to call out their friends and their colleagues and say, this is not what God intends. And it's a great thing. Peter uh, is, a, is a godly man who makes many mistakes. And uh, it seems that things were sorted out there. But being a peacemaker can be risky business. Potentially risking friendships. Um, we get invested in our conflicts, don't we? And for me to come and say, well, what about that? You go, no, I'm right. Being a peacemaker can cost us. It can cost us time and effort and, and personal sacrifice. And even shock, gasp, horror, backing down and apologizing and saying, you know what, I was wrong. But if we really want to know what a peacemaker is, and if I'm right saying that peace is that state where everything is as God intends for it to be, and that includes relationships with God, relationships with each other, the state of the world, everything is being perfect. If, if peace is that state of the kingdom which is coming, if we want to know what, what a real peacemaker is, then we have to look no further than God, who in Jesus Christ was reconciling the world to himself. God is love, says John. And so, and so God is all for reconciliation and peace. God is all for loving, healthy relationships with himself and with each other. God is all for things being the way God intends for them to be. Unsurprisingly. And God wasn't content for the bad blood between us and him to stand. Let's just be quick here. It's not that God was going, the bad blood's from our side. The sin's from our side. The rebellion against God is from our side. God wasn't content for our conflict against Him to stand. And so He waged peace. Jesus sacrificially took the initiative to wage peace against us came on the cross. He paid the cost of our sin. He freed us from that which keeps us from relationship with God. And, and that which we've already said causes so much of the quarreling and dissension and lack of peacefulness amongst us. In fact, he died that all who trust him are adopted into God's family and come before God as equals. In him, all people are made one. And there's nothing cheap about the, the working of peace that Jesus does. Philippians chapter 2 verses 3 to 8 says, uh, talks about Jesus. Though he was God, he didn't consider equality with God something to be grasped at. I, I quote this passage a lot. It's a good passage. But he humbled himself. He, he came down. He took the very form of a servant. And then he was raised up on the cross. Jesus wasn't 
want to grasp at his glory and identity, but secure in the knowledge of who he is. A humble man, a meek man, as we saw in the Beatitude a few weeks back. He humbled himself. See, a, a peacemaker is someone who is willing to lower themselves, who is willing to lose their dignity, who is willing to give up their glory, who is willing to give up their status even, and their esteem is what, what I mean by status, but, but is willing to give that up to bring wholeness of life to others. To make things the way God means for them to be. And the peace that God made through Jesus on the cross where he said, come to me and and I will set you free. And I will bring you into that state of peace where one day my kingdom will come and my will will be done. And you can taste some of that already through Jesus. That same peace, that offer of peace is still being made through, through us today. And Jesus did teach us and he showed us that that being a peacemaker is a costly exercise, as I said earlier. Jesus teaches about turning the other cheek. Probably hit a bit harder than that. About going the extra mile. Uh, Which I only found out recently. um, In those days, a Roman soldier had the right to insist that you carried his stuff for a mile. Jesus says, okay, if he makes you carry his stuff for a mile, carry it another mile. Okay, what's this got to do with peace, Nick? It's about loving your enemies. It's about saying, you know what? I'm willing to to take the hit because I want to show you that God wants better for your life. God wants better for this world. God wants us to love our enemies because, because that's, that's, that's what God does. God loves his enemies. He makes the sun to shine on the wicked and the righteous. The apostles uh, speak so, mu- so much and so often about doing whatever is in our power to live at peace with each other. And Jesus, for the sake of bringing God's wholeness to this world and to us, For the sake of giving us life with him. For the sake of peace. Endured scorn and mocking and the cross. And we've already spoken about the the apostles and disciples of Jesus. who, Who endured beatings and stonings and prison. And there's one example early on in the book of Acts. Where a couple of them are arrested and, you know, treated a bit badly. And they leave rejoicing that they, they have been counted worthy of suffering for the sake of Jesus. Why? Because to them, the idea of telling people that there can be peace. Of sharing the good news that there is a time coming when peace will reign, where God's kingdom will come, where God's will will be done. That idea is just so much more valuable than anything that could be done to them. And we're going to see more of that next week. True peace, however, is a bit like true forgiveness in that the peacemaker counts the cost and finds that life with God 
finds that the kingdom of God is worth it and, and just longs for others to experience that. When we are most satisfied with God is where there can be peace. And it is possible for you to be being persecuted and yet to be at peace. Because peace is being right with God and from that flows everything else. In our very best moments, we can be peacemakers. But I have more practice at being a peacebreaker. And I reckon most of you are the same. I know Debbie is. (laughs) A true peacemaker wants God's wholeness of life, wants God's kingdom to come, wants, wants things to be as God means for them to be. And remember, when that happens, there we have that, that peacefulness. Peacefulness flows from peace, not the other way around. But if peace is all about God's kingdom coming, if, if a peacemaker is all about wanting God's wholeness of life, then what you need to be a peacemaker is a pure heart. Can we go back one slide, Wayne? God blesses or approves of those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. And we saw this last week. A pure heart is a heart that is 100% focused on and focused by God. And a peacemaker is one who longs for what God wants to be reality even today. That's why we pray, may it be so, Lord. But a peacemaker doesn't just say, oh God, may there be peace one day. A peacemaker so longs for it that they go, may there be peace one day. And I'm, I'm going to start working towards that now. I'm not going to bring your peace to bear, God. I'm just a human, but, but I'm going to do what I can to, to say that where my sphere of influence is, I'm going to try and reflect something of what that will be because my heart is set on that. My life is directed by that. My heart is pure. My heart is set on you. And, and we saw last week that, that our hearts are not 100% pure, but, but God is making us more like that. And, and the same with, with peacemakers. I'm not 100% a peacemaker, but, but, but what I need most is God himself, the great peacemaker, working in and through me, giving us his peacefulness, giving us his peace, uh, giving us the security of knowing that we are his children, that we have been adopted, that we have been comforted for our mourning, that we have been gifted his riches for our poverty. A true peacemaker takes what God has given him and doesn't grasp onto it, but shares it. Fran put a lovely picture on the front of the bulletin. Um, She says, uh, we'll speak about this with the elders afterwards. She says, don't keep the faith. Spread it around. That's what a peacemaker does. He says, this faith is just too big for me. This gospel of peace is just too big for me. You know, the good news of Jesus is, is the best peacemaking message anywhere, everywhere. That we can be right with God, that a rebellion against Him can be forgiven. And the Christian who shares this message is a peacemaker. 
Uh, Isaiah 52, 7. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of the messenger who brings good news and, and good news of peace and salvation. The news that the God of Israel reigns, that his kingdom comes. And Paul alludes to that in Romans 10. Who here has the gift of evangelism, by the way? Oh, nobody that God approves of. <laughs> Being a peacemaker is more than just sharing the gospel. That is central. And if you're a Christian and you aren't excited about telling other people about that, if you never open your mouth to say, you know what, there can be peace. I'd be praying, heavy praying, that God would make you excited about his kingdom. Because if you're really excited about it, you can't hold it in. Who lights a lamp, says Jesus, and sticks it under a bowl. But being a peacemaker is more than just sharing the gospel, though that is central. If peace is life as God means it to be, if peace is heaven on earth, as Jesus taught us to pray, then peacemakers are set on making things as God said they should and will one day be. And so a true peacemaker not only shares the gospel of ultimate peace, but, but does what it takes to, to reflect something of that. As I said, they, they, they act to lessen tensions, to seek solutions, to, to communicate, to facilitate communication, to forgive, to apologize. You know, it might cost me my rights to be a peacemaker. It might cost me my right to be right, my right to be in charge, my right to be comfortable. It might cost me my dignity. It certainly cost Jesus his dignity as, as the eternal Son of God unseen. Being a peacemaker means work. Romans fourteen nineteen says, make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. Romans 12, 18, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. It's not good enough to say, I'll make up with them when they come to me and apologize. A peacemaker takes the initiative. James says that wisdom from above is first of all pure, it's peace-loving. It's gentle at all times and willing to yield to others. It's full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and they will reap a harvest of righteousness. See, if, if peace is that state where God's will is done, it makes sense that it's also that state where justice is done where righteousness is done, where things are done the way God means for it to do it. If, if we are living at peace with others, we are living upright, godly lives. At least from our side. You see, I can live at peace with Pam, even if Pam is dead set on attacking me and pulling me down. Technically between us, there's not peace. But from my side, there is peace. And I'm still acting to bring that peace to bear in our relationship. And I'm doing everything I can within my power to do that.
Peacemakers are those who reflect the character of God, the great peacemaker. And it's not surprising then that God says, those who are peacemakers, I approve of them. And my approval, my blessing is saying that they are my sons. Children, according to the New Living Translation. But, but the idea of sons in Hebrew, as in English really, is it implies having the character of. And you say, it doesn't mean that in English. You're son of a dog. It's the same thing, isn't it? You have the character of a dog. God says, I prove of you. I will say you are sons of God. You have the character of God. Romans 8 verse 14 says that all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. To be a peacemaker is to allow the Spirit of God to lead you. And where does the Spirit of God lead us? It leads us to Jesus. Why does it lead us to Jesus? Because in Jesus we see God's kingdom come. In Jesus we see God acting to bring the world back into the way it means to be. In Jesus we see the King who has come and who is coming back to make everything new, to bring the kingdom of God to to earth. He's going to make everything brand new and then His kingdom will have come and His will will be being done. It's worth asking myself, am I a peacemaker? Am I willing to pay the price for peace? Or am I one of those who always causes trouble or scandal or who finds fault or who insists on my rights? Who never takes the initiative to reconcile with others? Who never tells others that God wants to be reconciled to them? Am I someone who acts the way God acts or not? It's so easy to be a peace breaker. Oh, that we would grow into the likeness of God. But some of you are sitting here going, Nicholas, you spent the last seven weeks saying that Jesus has been describing Christians, not prescribing how we should act. Absolutely, he has been describing Christians. If you are so in love with Jesus, all of this stuff is kind of like, of course I'm going to tell people about Jesus. Of course I'm going to work... To make things the way God means for it to be. God's fantastic. Why wouldn't I want that to be the way God means it to be? Anyone, anyone feel like that? Any super Christians in the congregation? But you know what? That's what it's all about. If you were to go to Jesus and say, Jesus, you're the, you're the founder of Christianity. You are God's son. Let's just quickly go through and, and tell us. Um, tick off these, these beatitudes for you. Are you poor in heart? Are you mournful for the state of this world? Uh, are you a peacemaker? It go, why ask these questions? It's, it's self-obvious. I love God. I want God's will to be done. These things just flow from that. Now, Jesus was God without sin. We're, we're not God. We have sin. We mess up. Jesus is describing what a Christian is like. But we don't fit the bill 100%. I wish we did, and I certainly hope that a year from now I do more. But let me be clear that 
that if I just work, work harder to make peace, 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 God doesn't go, wow, you've worked really hard. I've got to go back to the first beatitude which says, God approves of those who know they are pathetic. But he moves on from there. He says, God also blesses those who work for peace. If, if, if you go home from this message today going, I need to work really hard to make peace, I commend you. You're going to do a fantastic job. Maybe there's going to be improvements in relationships and, and things like that. But, but if you're just doing it because you know I have to do it, then you've missed the point. Mm-hmm. Peace is having things the way God means for it to be. And how are we even going to know that unless we know God? We've got to be led by God. And so... And so Jesus is describing here and the prayer we need to be saying is God, just guide us. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work at this but, but I, want it to be, I want it to be inspired by you. I don't want it to be a duty that I have to be a peacemaker. I'm going to choose to be a peacemaker because you've made peace with me. Romans 5.1 says that we have been justified by putting our trust in God. And so we have peace with Him. We are not perfect, but we have been justified. We have been set right. We have been given God's peace. And so our prayer has got to be, God, help us to live that peace out. May we not just take your peace into our lives, but may it flow through us and out of us again. Being a peacemaker is the fruit of a changed heart, of a pure heart. Peacefulness comes from peace, which is things being as God means for it to be. And that's why if your life is right with God, you can have peace even in horrible situations. But peace and our working towards peace flows out of our having a heart that is set totally on God. If your heart isn't pure, you can work for peace, but your peacemaking will be stunted. A life that is set on God's desires is set on having my life reflect that and your life reflect that and our community reflect that. A life that is set on God and His will will be willing to pay the price. Because it's bigger than my right. Yes, I fought with that person three weeks ago. I haven't spoken to them since. I could choose to phone them up. I haven't, by the way, but imagine I have. Because we do. I could choose to phone them up and go, yeah, 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 blah, blah, blah. Or I can say, you know what? Here's where I've done wrong. This is where I can back down. This is where I can lose a bit of my dignity. Because God wants things to be right and He wants people to have solid relationships. And even if that costs me, I'm going to go for it. 
We're called to pursue peace, to wage peace. And we can only endure the cost of that if we ask God to set our hearts evermore on him. If we pray for his kingdom to come. If we ask that God makes us along for that so much that we are not content to just pray for it. Peacemakers know that God is in charge and they're willing to endure whatever it takes to see something of that peace reflected now. Just consider Jesus' incredible statement. Whilst he was being torturously executed, which is itself the greatest statement of, I will endure the cost for the sake of peace. But even there, Jesus says, Father, forgive them, they don't know what they do. I will take this on myself because what I long for most is for them to be right with you and so be right with themselves and with the world. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you from all dangers but also from peace breaking. May the Lord so captivate your heart. This is my prayer and this is my prayer for you that we would be so captivated by God that we would desire Him above all else. And from that we would desire His will to be done and we would not be content to just pray for it. May the Lord make His face to shine upon you. And give you his joy and give you his peace. Plainness.